I'm Ellen Sentier, the Heartful Badass Coach. Being badass is about being the real you, being strong, feisty, confident, knowing your own truth and walking it, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, with a heart full of joy and boundaries that really work. I learned how to be the real me through telling and writing stories, and now I'm a best-selling author as well as a badass psychotherapist and coach. I tell stories a lot in podcasts and blogs and in the coaching programs I do. Being authentic, living your own story, that's being the real badass you. And being real badass is being full of heart, caring. Because we've lived through all that shit, haven't we? So we know it in our bones and we really do truly feel compassion. So come on. Let's do some badassery. Let's change ourselves and watch the whole world change around us. Let's make our lives, our businesses and our hearts sing. An amazing experience this morning. I expect some of you at least have read the, the old book long time ago, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. Um, I read it. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, how long ago it was anyway. And um, it's really interesting. But it was that sort of experience that I had this morning. I was in a networking meeting. And we're about 50-50 women and 50, you know, and the other half men. Um, all of us, yeah, all of us solopreneurs, founders, um, founding our own business, and some of us had staff and some of us didn't. So it was it was interesting. We were sharing where we were, the wins we'd had recently, the challenges we were facing at the moment, the usual stuff, really useful. And people were offering good suggestions and that sort of thing. And then one of the men ha- runs his business and he's got three or four staff, I think. Might be more. But anyway... Two of them, and they're both men, um, they were really, they were in a state. They, they were bitching at each other. They were having a go and being snidey and generally not getting on and, you know, snarking, uh, you know, one will snark at the other. He doesn't pull his weight. He doesn't do that, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, he was sort of saying, well, I don't, you know, I know I've got to deal with it. Um, and he could, he didn't quite say, but he could just about, we could see, you know, he just didn't like dealing with conflict and he didn't like dealing with staff like that. And it's hard. I know that I've done it um, lots of times. I've run teams myself, not that I do anymore, but I have done. So he was like, I've got to sort this out because it's getting through to me. It's not helping the work. And with them griping at each other all the time, it slows both of them down, and they're both not doing such good work. They're quite right. Yes, it needs sorting. So he went on. He said, I've really got to tell them that, you know, this can't go on. They've got to stop this. And But I, I've got to be more careful than that. I mustn't be too harsh. I mustn't be too nasty when I tell them. And, you know, and it, it's really annoying me, and I, I don't, you know, any advice sort of thing. And so we all 
got it, of course, that he doesn't like dealing with conflict. And we said, don't. And the leader said, when you've, when each of you've had a good boss, how was this boss? Were they direct or were they shilly-shallying? And we all said, oh, direct, definitely, up front, out there. And I think this was sort of a bit reassuring for this bloke. I hope so, anyway. So uh, we got to talking about this. And the first people who came in, actually, were us women. And we were all coming in with variations on the theme of what you need to do is get the three of you in a room, sit down and say, now, we've got a problem. What is the problem? Let's get to the roots of this. What is the problem underneath here which is causing all this disruption? And this came in here and there, here and there. And then the men came in. And there was a lot of, well, you've really got to sort them out. They've got to grow up. You've got to show them they've got to grow up. You've got to tell them they've got to grow up. They've got to mind their manners. And you've got to sort them out. And it just hit me. Really did. And it's like, whoa, this is a completely different attitude than we women had. We women were there saying, there's a problem. We don't actually know what it is. We know the outcomes of it. You know, there's griping everywhere and that we've all got gut ache and the whole thing's a bad news and we really want to run, run away to South America or something. But we don't know what the problem is underneath. So let's sit down and find out what the problem is. And that was coming from the women. And the men were all the other side of, well, you've got to be strong. You've got to show them. You've got to sort them out. They'll respect you much more for it. Mm. Possibly in the 1950s, though, even then, I'm not really sure that that was a good idea. But what it was reminding me of, and I want to share my screen with you now, because this is what immediately came up into my mind. So let's see if it does into yours as well. So here we go. Let's get it full size. So there we go. This is what it was reminding me of, that the men were going to be in there like these two big red deer stags, shoving and pushing and maybe even poking each other with those sharp horns. And my God, they are sharp too. And they can damage each other. But really so muscling in, you know, I'm a macho, but I'm bigger than you. I can sort you out. You know, you're going to do as I tell you. And the other one that came for me was, now can I do this this way? That's that's similar sort of thing, but not quite the same. No, I can't do this this way. I've got to stop. Sorry about this. Let's go back and start sharing again. And we'll go into this one. So um, I need to get this up full size. There. Now those, I don't know whether you know, some of you will know, I know, but those are capercaillie. They're the black grouse, the Scottish black grouse. And they, about this time of year, they get together in a circular amphitheatre sort of thing in the woods, and it's called a lek. And they show off, they fight, they fly at each other, and 
sometimes they get a bit hurt, but usually they don't manage to get too hurt, but they're really showing off. And it's like, I'm the top guy. I've got bigger wings than you. I've got bigger claws. I can fly higher than you. I'll beat the shit out of you kind of thing. And (laughs) this is really funny. Um, We'll get to the other one, if I can get to this now, which I probably can. Stop the share. I got to stop. Yeah. Let's share again. And get to this one. And let's show you this. Now, there's the boss guy that, well, thinks he is. There's the male. Whoa, I'm wonderful. You know, look at me. Look at my tail and all this sort of thing. This is the girl. And girls, have you been there? You've got these guys and they're, you know, I'm the real macho hero around here. And you're all sitting there going, should we have another gin, dear? Yeah, I think we will, you know. So it's that impressive. And all this showing off is doing what? Is it boosting your ego? You know, you're the bloke. Is it boosting your ego? Or is it... Letting off steam? Is it letting off your anger so that you're not so cross? Because we all know when we get into one of those situations where the you know the staff are really upset and uptight and not it's not happening, it's really stressful and you really think, sod this business, I'm gonna go when sweep roads, I don't care anymore. So are you gonna be doing that? And the people looking at you or not looking at you are going to be not looking at you. She very definitely isn't. Or are you going to do something different? Now, I don't know what this guy's going to do, and nothing was decided at the time. But it was so interesting to me that there was a real definite difference in how we women went about it and how the men went about it. Now, I hadn't realised this. I can be so naive at times. I thought, oh, well, everybody's okay now. Everybody's sort of into this, like, yeah, we sit down and talk about it, and we all share the problem, and we all share ownership of the problem, because roots of problems like that can go right back to, you know, why didn't you get the canteen better, or my desk is rickety, or my chair's falling to pieces? Not my computer's rubbish. Um, whatever. You know, the problem can be quite deep. And you spit it off in that sense by spitting at your colleagues instead of actually sort the problem. Maybe even go to the boss, you know, say I'm the boss and staff comes to me. And my team member says, you know, and for goodness sake, I can't work on this computer anymore. It's so slow. I need a cup of coffee between key, key, keystrokes. That's one way of doing it. And then I can say, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I didn't know. And, you know, yeah, I should have known. But, you know, thank goodness you've told me now. I wish you told me before because you've obviously been stressing over it. Uh, That's one way of dealing with it. And when I've done that, and I'm sure you've had this this too, that when you do that, the whole thing sort of dies down. And it sort of smooths out. And instead of, you know, these waves coming in like this, you've got a much more gentle flowing of the sea or the river happening. And 
because everybody's got calm, everybody can see clearer what the actual problem is. And then it can get sorted. And once it's sorted, it won't likely come up again. Not unless the same itch happens at the bottom. But if you can sort that bottom itch, then that problem is not going to come up. And the staff are going to be happy. And they will stop bitching at each other. Now, nobody says team members have got to like each other. They've got to be going down the pub and playing snooker with each other or whatever. You know, they haven't got to be best mates. But if you're working as part of a team, you've got to at least tolerate everybody else. And everybody's got to tolerate you too. So it's a two-way stretch there. So if you do start finding a problem, don't go bang, 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 you know, headbanging. And don't transfer the problem, it's all his fault. It's all her fault. It's all his fault. It's all her fault. Say, look, with the problem between us, let's, in a sense, put the problem on the table between us all and look at it. And this is how I see it. And then this is how I see it. And then this is how I see it. And then you get, you know, a 360 degree. You get an all-round view of it, a different perspective. Things you couldn't see because you're here and somebody else is there and somebody else is here. So they're seeing it differently to you. It works. I'm sure you've all found it works. But what's going on? Why? And there wasn't one of the men who dissented from this. Was All of the men thought that you needed to be strong, that you needed to push your attitude, your point of view, your view of the thing onto everybody else. They couldn't get this sit and watch thing. It's a really quite a deep question, and it's one which interests me. So I shall be start, you know, chuntering over this all week now. But what I was thinking about it was: is this a male-female thing? Because we are made differently, you know. We may have equal rights and equal opportunities and all this sort of thing, but we are made differently physically and emotionally and mentally. And spiritual. So is this something that basic? Or is it cultural? And it can easily be cultural. I mean, certainly since the Normans, and really for a long time, more thousands of years than that, men have been in charge. Since 1066, they definitely have been and still are. But before that, it was much less so. And then going back another thousand years or so, it was very much less so. And people were valued not because of their gender, but because of what they could do. If you were a brilliant axe maker, then you were the axe maker. On the other hand, you might be shit rubbish at foraging or absolute rubbish with the kids and no good at all at teaching anything 
and you couldn't cook for toffee. So you were good at your thing, but not at all the other things. So everybody was like much more equal in that sense. And it was about not your gender, not whether you were a boy or a girl, but what you did. And that was the thing that was built. That was it, your reputation, yourself, how you appear to people. You're really kindly and you were always a listener. That would be wonderful because we all want those. Or if you're a great storyteller, or if you're somebody you could just go up and cuddle to and say, I feel rubbish today. And they go, come here, dear. it's okay. All of those things have value. Being the most he-man person only had value where being tough, how far you could chuck your spear, you know, was valuable. It's not valuable if you're cooking. It really isn't. So is that a cultural thing, which we've had for thousands of years, and it does get sort of built into the system. I'm not saying it's genetic because I don't go for that, but... It's certainly built into your system and through the generations of your parents and however things happened. So is it partly then to do with your makeup, your physical, emotional, mental and spiritual makeup as a woman or a man? And is that then further conditioned by how you were brought up? You know. If there's much less of it now, but there is still some of it. If, you know, dad always brought home the money and parceled out a dollop to mum to look after the kids and she could have any spare, you know, there's sort of hierarchy thing going on. If it was much more equal and there's this much money this week, love, how are we going to spend it? Which has happened and still does happen quite a lot. In fact, probably more. What is this thing about being strong? Why is that stronger than that? And I'm serious about that. I really am serious about that. You know, we're all going to come up to me and I've got a face like that. I, I wouldn't advise it, not unless you're carrying a cup of tea. Then you might get through. But if I'm... So, hi, oh, even hi, it's been a bad day. Yeah, um, bring me some tea and yeah, I can probably listen to you for five minutes. I'm much more approachable. Whereas, you won't want to. Quite right, I wouldn't want to either. What happens? What is going on? Why? I mean, back to, now going back back and share screen again a minute because i love this let's share her up so what is this why is being like that supposed to be better stronger all the sort of good adjectives than being like that i mean she's sweet she's cute you'd want to sort of like put a crumb or so on your finger and hope she'd come and take it she probably wouldn't but you know you'd like wow i got a female grouse came and you know took some bread off my finger 
and she's lovely. Whereas he's sort of like, mm, I think I'll steer clear of him. But why is why? How does that get to be better? And girls, men too, but you know, girls particularly. Do you find that attractive? Do you think it's sexy? Or would you prefer someone who just came and spoke to you gently and said hi and allowed you lots of space to choose? And you were also able to give them space to choose. So you weren't like after this bloke because he was so dishy. Why is this supposed to be strong and that not? I was going to say weak, but I don't want to say weak. Why is that not strong? I don't know. I don't know what this is. I'd like to, and I think it's important. And I do think this question is really important for us all to think about. It happens in relationships. It happens, you know, parents with children. It happens between the children, between the siblings. Why? What is it? What is the roots of this? And which would you prefer to be? The open person? Well, behave yourself. Get a grip. I know which one I like being best most of the time. Because I'm really cross. I like open. I like being open. I like being with people who are open. It's the theme of all my books. It's the theme of my coaching. It's this, what is called vulnerability. Because I'm open. I'm not coming at you. I'm not going to shove with my antlers and I'm not going to flap and peck you and claw you. I'm here. And I'm being me. And if I don't know, I don't know. If I do know, you can try this. I found it works. And you offer it. Are men from Mars? Are women from Venus? Are we that different? Is there something deep down? Or is it cultural? And, big important thing, can we grow? Can we change? Can we stop being pushy and macho and forceful and strong and putting people down and be open? Let's sit down and sort out what the problem is. It's such a lovely thing. And it's about connection, because you connect that way. And it's about communication, because everybody feels safe to talk. And so it's about caring and consciousness and all of those lovely things that make a business go round. And which are you wanting? In your brand, in your own business, are you wanting to be a strong, pushy person? Or are you an open person? Which way do you want your reputation to go? It's worth thinking about. That's me for the moment. That's me for this week. So I'm going to leave you with that now. And I shall love to hear what you think about this. So if you've got any thoughts, come in on LinkedIn, message me, whatever. I'd love to hear. See you next time. Oh, hey, 
I hope you enjoyed that. Hope it pulled out some new ideas and new ways of looking at life, the universe and everything. And I'd love to know your comments, so do send them to me. Doing and being badassery is fun. It makes your heart sing. And that helps everyone. And it helps you put the soul back in your life and in your business. Business, when it's really working, is fun, full of badass reality and makes your heart sing. So let's stick all those rubbish old work ideas of toil and drudgery in the compost caddy. Let's recycle them into something fun and useful. That's what badassery is about, having fun and being useful. If you'd like more, get on my website, www.ellensentier.com. Sign up for my newsletters and check out my lives and vlogs. Let's get to know each other. Let's get together, have fun, grow your life and make your heart sing. Let's be real. Come on, let's light our fires. Let's light our fires.